0: Christ, we are to uphold God's original intent for and highly value our marriage relationships even in a society where it is viewed as unimportant. You're tuning in to Crow Point Podcast, where it's all about relationships. We exist to glorify God by making disciples in the spirit of love. You are currently listening to our series titled, Jesus on the Moon. thank you lord that we can entrust them to you we can entrust this time of studying your word in your loving hands in jesus name amen <clears throat> all right so natas mark chapter 10 this is the third chapter of the a uh, of uh, the three chapters that we allocate ni mark so young gospel to talk about the great discipleship discourse of the lord jesus christ we need to remember that or else we will be out of context sa atong pag-study o pag-apply a chapter. This is a beautiful chapter to study and yet a very challenging one. I really praise God for uh, two weeks that I have to really study and read as many as I can and read everything I can hold with my hands. Kay, we're dealing with a very sensitive issue right before us this morning. And the Lord spoke about discipleship beginning in chapter 8. Unse mga demands of discipleship, what He requires of those who would follow Him. Not just for those who would believe in Him and be saved from hell and go to heaven, but for those who would follow Him and commit to Him. In Mark 8, we learned a few important lessons about the identity and the power of Jesus to overcome man's spiritual blindness. And more importantly, we learn that following the Lord Jesus Christ requires this. It requires personal Biblical conviction. And the evidence of that personal Biblical conviction is a total life commitment to Him and to His will. That's why Jesus, if you want to follow me, die to yourself daily. Take up your cross, deny yourself, and come after me. That's what he requires, self, death to self. Oh, you got to keep that in mind because that will be important to our topic this morning. And in order for, for Jesus to strengthen that conviction that drives his disciples' commitment to him, the Lord Jesus Christ graciously revealed his glory in the Mount of Transfiguration, if you remember that. See si John, see si Peter, see si James had the privilege yeah, a glimpse of the glory of Christ. Thank you very much, brother. I'm gonna speak a little slower this morning just to make sure I pronounce the words correctly. This is not my normal pace, this is not my normal speed. I hope you won't sleep on me this morning. Okay, so as I've said, personal. Biblical conviction drives our commitment to Christ and to follow His will. And to strengthen that personal conviction, Jesus graciously allowed a few of His disciples to see a glimpse of His glory. Okay, That will give them a glimpse of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why He allowed Himself to be transfigured before His disciples in the mod of transfiguration. And that event, that experience, confirmed what Peter confessed earlier when Peter said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Pagkakita nila sa Himaya ni Cristo, mauto ang nagkonfermar nga ang gibongat ni Pedro, Nga si Kristo ang Mesias, ang anak sa Diyos, tinuod It was an accurate statement about the identity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, being convinced of His identity is necessary for someone who wants to be His follower. Because if you are not convinced that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is the Savior, then there's no point committing to Him and following Him much less to give your life into his service kinsa may mga lagad sa ginoo kinsa may mosunod ni Kristo, nga dili convinced nga siya ang anak sa diyos nga siya ang manluluwas naayoban if uh, if dili ka 100% convinced but you know a certain level rang imong con- conviction about who he is mo nang dili ra mapuka ng ang commitment sa pagsunod ni Cristo in chapter 9, the Lord taught His disciples that complete dependence on God through faith and prayer were necessary for effective ministry. So, karon nga nakailanan mo kung kinsa ko, kinang on mo nga musalig ka na ko o diha sa akong amahan, haron kamo magamit maggamit o mapuslan sa paglambu sa iya hangging Remember in Mark chapter 1, Jesus said that His very reason for coming is to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. And this is the ministry that he would soon pass on to his disciples. And what he's doing here in Mark 8, 9 and 10, is really preparing his disciples to take on that mission. And he wants them to be successful. He wants them to be effective. So these teachings, these principles found in these chapters, were very vital and very important for their success. They need to be convinced that the God they're serving, that Christ they're preaching, is indeed the Son of God, the Messiah. And they need to learn that in order for them to effectively serve the Lord, they need to learn complete dependence, trust, and faith evidenced by A daily lifestyle of prayer and communion to God. Remember what happened? They could not cast out the demon and the little boy. And Jesus rebuked them. Oh, you of little faith. This comes only by prayer. Daily lang prayer for that particular instance. But a lifestyle of prayer. Daily prayer. Communion with God. And together with faith and prayer, Christ-like humility is also necessary because Christ-like humility paves the way for effective ministry that allows you to work with other Christians, to work with other people, that allows you to be uh, more impactful in your work and labor for the Lord. And Jesus is our perfect example for that. Even though He was God, we are taught in the New Testament That Jesus chose to set aside the free exercise of His deity and He chose to live as a spirit-dependent, God-dependent man. That's why you see Christ going away on a mountain all by Himself, praying and communing with God. He prayed a lot because He was dependent on God's direction for his daily work. Ang timetable na agan it sa kamot sa aman, and Jesus Christ was simply following that by faith. Leaving us an example of humility, of faith, of prayer. Okay, Leaving us an example of a spirit dependent, spirit filled man. And mwana ningoti si Peter is the first Peter. He left us with an example so that we might follow in his steps that's the purpose why christ left us with an example and chapter 9 ended with some serious warnings from our lord jesus christ challenging his disciples to be different from the rest of the world by taking decisive action against sin remember in in our last session jesus warned us not to do anything that would cause others to sin Live a life of integrity. Be honest with your dealings as a believer. Sometimes you take that for granted. Sometimes when we're out there in the world, we're no longer in the church gathering like this. Okay? The real ask comes out. And then, especially with the unbelievers, it's so hard to distinguish you Okay, as a Christian from a non-Christian. Live a life of integrity. Don't stumble others to sin. Secondly, he warned us, do not keep anything that would cause you to sin. Don't stumble yourself to sin. Anything. That's why he gave some exaggerated examples. He says, if your hand is causing you to sin, might as well cut it off. If your eye is causing you to sin, might as well pluck it out. Of course, Jesus Christ was not saying to physically do it, but the point is clear. Anything in your life, even those things that you you, you value, even those things that are important to you but are causing you to sin, cut it off. Get rid of it. Relationships, friendships, material things, whatever it is, that's causing you to sin. Cut it off from your life. It is more important to God that you live a life of faithful obedience to Him. Mas kin kulang-kulang pa ang imong kinabuhi. You would rather lack physical things and obey God than have all of the things that this world can offer and be complete and live in disobedience diha sa ginaw. That's what discipleship requires. And in chapter 10, he would give even more demands to discipleship. And this time he would take the natural um, encounters that they would have as they would journey towards Jerusalem. Okay. Kinning in chapter 10 officially will end his Galilean ministry. And he would now begin his journey towards Jerusalem where he would be betrayed where he would be crucified eventually but on the way along the way say a journey na mga encounters and there will be topics that will be brought up and Jesus will take advantage of these encounters to further teach his disciples with for, <coughs> excuse me with further demands of discipleship chapter 10 begins with the call to discipleship in the most fundamental aspects of life Marriage, which we will cover today in verses 1 through 12. How we deal with children in verses 13 to 16. And possessions in verses 17 to verse 31. And of course, as I've said, Jesus took advantage of the opportunities that arose along their journey to Jerusalem to teach and challenge His disciples in these areas of life. Marriage and divorce, where in Jesus' day, as they are in ours today, matters great and then controversial. It has great interest and controversy. And as we can observe, even though in this nation, divorce is not legal. There is what we call annulment or legal separation of a husband and a wife and these things have become very common. This has also become acceptable in our society or at least beginning to become acceptable in our society. Even in this, you know, very popular, kayo, uh, Filipino culture to be up, Christian culture. The only Christian country in this side of in this part of the world. Very religious, conservative, and yet Divorce and separation between husband and wife is becoming more and more acceptable. And in the past, kung naganye magbinyo sa so ouna, ang expectation is, ha, una, hangtod hangtod. you're stuck in that marriage okay, for the rest of your life. Of course, nagya po ng expectation of a mixture of happy and challenging times, ga imagine japon no, a good blend of blessings and burdens and problems. Times of sharing, great and memorable times, as well as times of fighting and arguing. But nowadays, kung naay magpakasal, it seems that people who get married have a different expectation. Na na dugang. One of it is to get separated or abandoned later on. That seems to be part of the expectation of those who are getting married. ka karon pero is sure, roy kung Ambot kung ka bulan Kung kung maligal divorce, ah, sa ubang nasod nga. 30 minutes later, divorce na sila. Or one day later. Di mga celebrities, muna ang ilang gihatag nga uh, example, they spend millions on their wedding day. And the whole world has been waiting and anticipating with excitement to watch videos and clips of this great marriage of so-and-so. And then a few days later we get that the news in the nasa headline, ang bangulang nagpakasal, nagbuwag na san. Mula ni siya ang expectation karoon sa mga tao. Another expectation, di man siguro magbuwag, pero kung magpakasal ganin, it's a commitment to a lifetime of facing the challenge of how can i keep my spouse in love with me dagad ni mga libro ano? how to keep your husband in love with you how to keep your husband's eyes and affections stuck on you manuna man ang mga butang ano sa to pa di sa sinugdanan dili na sa mo dili na sa commitment nga ang ako ang affection ang ako ang gugma akong loyalty diha ra sa imo ha that i am as I say I do, and as I give my vow to you before God and before our relatives and friends in a ceremony called wedding, that I am committing to be a one-woman man, and the woman is saying I am a one-man woman. Part na na sa modern day expectation if I can If I can keep him happy, he's gonna stay with me. If I can keep her happy, she's gonna stay with me. Now, I hope you're, being, you're, you're sensitive with my words. Because at the very center of those statements is selfishness. The goal of marriage is to make me happy. Is that the biblical goal for marriage? That's the question. Okay. Or is that simply designed to be a byproduct? If we can, you know, do marriage, if I can use that phrase, God's way, then one of its byproducts is fulfillment and happiness. If you do it, God's way. Young adults who get married expect to have an all-day, can you put the other extreme? an all-day, all-week, all-month, 24-7 romance. There is no room in their mind for conflict, for arguments, differing opinions and priorities. And in their minds, there is no such thing as irreconcilable differences between husbands and wives. And so in the honeymoon stage, everything is ideal. Okay, I've married my dream boy. I've married my dream girl. And wala sila ga-expect nga na ang mga problems, na mga conflicts, na mga differences between them. And someone said, After a while, when the honeymoon is over and reality sets in, he, the, the, the woman realizes he is not Superman. okay, And he realizes she is not a super angel. And their romance and their happiness that they expected to be 24-7 is now being challenged. You know what, what young adults do? Instead of battling through these challenges, they would cave in and they would ask questions: Did they marry the right guy? Is she really the right woman for me? ang default. Instead, bago na, oh, naamang gidaytay mga differences, oh, mga differing opinions and perspective and, and views of life. Let's work it out. Let's work it out. Instead of doing that, they say they allow these thoughts, they allow these questions, say Langam mind, did I marry the right person? Is he the right guy for me? Are we compatible at all? And the question is about compatibility. And they struggle. When conflicts arise and their happiness are being put to jeopardy, they begin to question, and they allow these cracks on the foundation of their marriage, which would quickly pave the way to greater problems. And these greater problems will open up to consideration for separation or divorce. So as these thoughts are lingering in their minds, the devil will send Mr. Right Guy And Miss Right Cutie Girl, at the right moment, saying the right words, when Mr. Right Guy comes at the right time, when the wife was emotionally weak, she feels abandoned, she feels forsaken, she feels marginalized and forgotten. Mr. Right Guy comes with the right words at the right time, she gives in thus destroying the marriage. Same is true with Miss Cutie Girl. She comes at the right moment when the couple are both emotionally weak and one can only close their eyes and cringe And as one looks on and witnesses the unraveling of one's loving couple. Sadly, a lot of marriages today are crumbling they're struggling, they're falling apart for various reasons. Selfishness, as I've said earlier, is at the very core of it. And the worldly mindset is this, everything has to bring me happiness and pleasure. If happiness is no longer felt and experienced, however that is determined, the spouse begins to look for a way out of marriage. Forgiveness and faithfulness to marriage vows which help keep a loving commitment to one another are very rare nowadays. The sad truth is, there is no, this thing is no longer shocking. It has become a common thing that we are no longer bothered by this. As the church is being shaped by the culture. And by the way, the church has a very bad track record on this subject. We are not better than the world out here. Divorce is even more traumatic than losing a spouse or parent. John Piper said this. Death is usually clean pain, but divorce is usually dirty pain. In his book, What God Has Joined Together. You all know Kelly Clarkson, right? You know Kelly Clarkson? Because of you. Do you know that that song was born out of the pain that she experienced because she saw... Her parents divorced when she was age six. Listen to what she said, and I quote, I know people probably think I've been heartbroken because of the stuff I've sung and written, she says. I love my friends and my family, but I have never said the words I love you to anyone in a romantic relationship. I shouldn't be a mother at all because it would be horrible. I'm not willing to be that selfless. I'm not keen on marriage. Men come and go. Clarkson acknowledges that she fears betrayal. She said, and I quote, When it comes to certain parts of my life, I won't allow myself to be vulnerable at all. I have a lot of trust issues. I don't let many people in. Unquote. quote. Making a relationship work, she says, requires too much effort. She said this further. She said, love is something you work at. It doesn't come easily. There are going to be bad days. You're going to have to work at loving someone. When they are being an idiot. People think they're just going to meet the right guy. And then she laughs. And then she further said, don't be ridiculous. And you just, you listen to the lyrics of her song because of you. And you realize she's been hurt so deeply and so badly because of the divorce of her parents. This was the situation in Jesus' day. When he was confronted here in Mark chapter 10. With a question that was designed to discredit him. A question that was designed to destroy him. Mark chapter 10 he says. Then he arose from there. And he came to the region of Judea. By the other side of the Jordan. And multitudes gathered to him again. And he was accustomed and he taught them again. And the Pharisees came and asked him. Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Testing him. And he answered and said to them, What did Moses command you? And, he said, and they said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce to dismiss her. Jesus answered and said to them, Because of the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this precept. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then there are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. And in the house his disciples also asked him again about the same matter. So he said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. And the parallel passage of Mark chapter 10 verses 1 to 12 is Matthew chapter 19 verse 1 to 12 as well. And in Matthew 19, Matthew gives us a little bit more detail. Okay. And money okay. ang version in Matthew's of question. Dili sila contradictory. Naa lay additional details in Matthew. The Pharisees came verse 3 of Matthew 19 came to Jesus and tested him by asking is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause and that is very important okay for us to know i'll tell you why later but the idea of this passage sa <laughs> mark chapter 10 is this divorce is serious because marriage is sacred marriage is divinely instituted And ideally, now I say ideally, right? Ideally, it should not be humanly separated. I said ideally because in Matthew chapter 19 and 1 Corinthians 7, something I will not talk today, but hopefully, Lord willing, next week, okay, if the Lord leads me that way, there are some biblical grounds for divorce. There are, okay, at least two. The other other one, which would be the third, is debatable. But at least two very clear uh, reasons to have a biblical divorce. So the Bible does acknowledge divorce and does provide a biblical reason for us to divorce. Although this is not God's recommendation when there are marital problems. Even when there is immorality involved. I'll explain that in this message. So as I've said, marriage is divinely instituted and ideally should not be humanly separated. And because of that, we must listen to what Jesus had to say about these two important issues of life and also two of the hottest topics in our society today. In this passage, by context, unimportant. And such was the case in Jesus' day. And such was the case in the culture in the, of these Roman believers that Mark was writing to. Ang Mark, mga Roman believers, and both husband and wife can actually file for divorce. So, Jewish culture, only the husband can do it. So, Roman culture, the wife also can do it. That's why he said in verse 12, yang balance kayang yang readers mga Roman believers man. And if a woman divorces her husband, he gibalance. She also commits adultery. sa mga Jewish people because the, the women and the wives in the Jewish culture could not file or initiate divorce. Only the husband can. But sa so Roman culture, they can. So gibalance the mark, right? As followers of Christ, let us uphold God's original intent for and highly value our marriage relationships. We cannot understand God's. Hatred against divorce that you can read by the way in Malachi chapter 2, verse 16. God hates divorce, and the background of that, of course, is like Nehemiah pointed as well. They were given to captivity in the Babylon and they were intermarrying, you know, with the pagan, uh, the pagan nature, uh, the pagan culture, the pagan nations combinations and nation or culture, nature, and nana so day. So kay nagasawa mazilag bang a uh, lahi na bawa seila, they had to divorce if they were to repent from that sin. And ang sa natu nato, okay ang itabu mgot zila gipang bulagan nila ila mga Jewish wives, so they could marry non Jewish women. And that's the background of the statement in Malachi chapter two, when God says, "I hate divorce." And we cannot appreciate, we cannot understand why God hates divorce until we understand what I mean. God's intent for marriage. So let's look at that very quickly. Diba? sa Mark chapter ten? siya sa mga Fariseo. Their question, okay? Was intended to discredit Jesus. They asked the question, testing him, putting him to the test, putting him on the spotlight. They were not asking for clarification. They know what the Bible says and they know what the society was accepting at that time. They know that society accepted, the culture accepted divorce during that time. So, ang was not really asking to learn from Christ. They wanted Christ, perhaps, to say something that would discredit Him. Something that would be self-incriminating in front of the public. It was common in their day. So by asking that question to Jesus Christ publicly, that will... That will arouse opposition from his listeners. And they can use that against Christ. By the way, in Judea, Matthew, like mentioned, a place called Perea, was under the jurisdiction of Herod. Remember Herod? This was the Herod who divorced his wife to marry his brother's wife. And you remember John the Baptist? John the Baptist stood against Herod, and he was constantly preaching to him and telling him, it is not lawful for you to marry or to have your brother's wife. Cut the story short. He was murdered. And so, by asking this question to Jesus, in the location which was under the jurisdiction of Herod, he would... He would say something similar to what John the Baptist said. And if he will do that, they could probably get the attention of Herod and point Jesus out. Aha, Herod, here's another one like John the Baptist. What would you do now? And Herod might kill Jesus like he did John the Baptist. yun that purpose of the Pharisees? The purpose was to entrap Jesus. The purpose was to discredit Him and to destroy Him. Now, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Testing him. And really, ang ilarag yung ni sa mga Pharisees at that time is a passage in the Old Testament found in Deuteronomy chapter 24. So Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 1, Bible. when a man takes a wife and marries her, and then, she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some indecency in her and he writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out of his house and she departs out of his house. ang ilang <laughs> atanawa. ang balaod sa balaang kasulatan pwedeng mosulat ang bana certificate of divorce ay ang asawa kung naasya'y makita nga indecency in her. Ang, ang problem d'yo na passage passage naasya praise nga indecency in her. Because that is not clearly defined by scriptures. What does that mean? And so sa panahon dito, sa ilang panahon, diha naga alirong ang isyu Kabalo sila nga na'y biblical grounds for the allowance and the permission of divorce. Although divorce was not commanded, it was permitted for some reasons. And I do aak mga sikat kay rabbi sa Jesus. One is named Rabbi Shammai. And Rabbi Shammai, he, w- he would be the conservative teacher of the day, viewed the phrase and interpreted the phrase indecency in her to mean. Only sexual impropriety or adultery and thus the only grounds for divorce to be permitted. But there's another rabbi called Rabbi Hillel. and Rabbi Hillel would be the liberal teacher of the day and he says, "Any indec- indecency can mean anything that displeases the husband, including burning the husband's meal. So when magluto siya o niya mapagod, he can write her a certificate of divorce. Letting her hair lose in public, the hair is the woman's glory, right? Letting her hair lose in public, I can write you a certificate of divorce for shaming me as your husband. Talking loudly or laughing loudly in public. It literally meant anything. Anything at all. Money a liberal view. And this was the view that was adopted by the Pharisees and the leaders of the day. That's why divorce became very rampant in their day. That's why it's common. If I don't like you anymore, if you don't make me happy anymore, I can just easily write you a certificate of divorce and go off. That's it you're done. of furniture I buy you because I like you and if I don't like you anymore I can just you know bid you sa, you know bid for me and anyone who's interested can take you and buy you from me by the way, Celan culture no offense women but that was their view of women in the past. Christianity literally lifted the status of women in the society, contrary to what the you know anti-Christian groups are telling us, ngayi degrade <inaudible> na to mga babae. No, Jesus gave you know very high value to mga babae. He wanted to make sure that his mother, when he's when he's dead, is really taken care of. Okay, so he appointed John, take care of your mother. He valued women so highly. That's what that's what he did. So mo na problema? Balik tasa passage. So mas kinala lang pwedid nemo divorce. That's why sa Matthew ang question sa mga Pharisees: Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? Ah, Jesus, whatever your answer is, if it's opposite to what we believe, you're in trouble. And if Herod will hear about your answer, which would be which would probably be like the answer of the Baptist or the view of the Baptist, you're dead. This is it. But interestingly, Jesus. Jesus was so wise in dealing with, he knows what they wanted. Okay? And so in verse 3, he answered and said to them, what did Moses command you? As if saying, okay i know what you believe i know the common view of the day Hallel said this shammai said this but what does the bible say in effect that's what jesus was saying so Jesus he threw off the rabbinical teaching how famous he threw it off and in effect, Jesus was saying, what's, "What's important is this. It's not as important. Dili ni ni Ang is sa What did God command you through Moses? And Deuteronomy chapter 24 does not command divorce, nor does it endorse it. It, <coughs> it is important to to realize that Deuteronomy 24." Simply sought to protect the wife's rights and reputation and also regulated remarriage. Basahag mayo ang 24. There is no command in 24 except for one. The only command you can find in that verse is, in that passage, is this If ever a husband decides to divorce his wife, you cannot remarry her again. That's the only command found in that passage. But there's no command to divorce the wife. There's no command for remarriage. Okay? That's clear. That's clear. So you cannot take that passage to, to saying allowed um, uh, or it's God's design mag divorce ka. Tanaw wang answer ni Jesus. Okay. What did Moses command you? And notice what they what they said. He says, Well Moses permitted. Ah, he permitted. But he did not command it. It was a divine concession, not a divine command. Maying kang concession, ito pa, gitugot siya, pero wala siya gimando. Wala siya gisugo. Ko rin nyo? Nga gitugutan man ni Moses ang mga bana to write a certificate of divorce. Jesus would give us the, the bottom line. He says, because of the hardness of your heart, He wrote you this precept. Because your hearts are so sinful, are so hard. That's why He allowed it. But it wasn't so at the beginning. In other words, this is not God's original design for marriage. When they wanted to talk about divorce, notice Jesus wanted to talk about marriage. ni nila. Ang ilang divorce, pero yung tubag marriage. Because you cannot, as I've said, appreciate how, you know, can be the unsa ka ang divorce ato bangan sa gino? Kung delete a kasabut kung unsa gideyang yang intention para sa kami un. Pura na nagmagshare ng gospel ba. You cannot appreciate the good news of the gospel until you understand the bad news of sin and hell. So, in order for them to understand, the seriousness of divorce in front of god's eyes he emphasized marriage as god designed it so in the answer of christ he says well because of the hardness of your heart moses allowed you to write a certificate of divorce by the way the certificate of divorce was a document that a husband was required to give and in it kinala i state reason for divorce and thus protecting the wife's reputation if ever she was innocent of any wrongdoing. And it also served as her former, formal release from the marriage and affirmed her right to remarry if she was innocent and not guilty of immorality. Say lang if you're found guilty of adultery, kay pat yun ba ka? ang original punishment was death. Okay? And ang ni Jesus, okay, inyo kungotana, pwede ra bang bulagan sa asawa divorce niya ang asawa sa so, maskin unsang rason tubag dinhi usa may ni Moses well ningon ma siya gitugutan man niya nga maghatag um, uh, og certificate of divorce lingon si Jesus gay mo og mo kasing-kasing selfish kay mo anun kayo mo and luoy kayo ang mga babai, kay kay kasing-kasing ang mga laki, okay nga di na sila gina sa hang asawa, ilan ang mas ni Helen. si Rabbi Akiba. Rabbi Akiba said, a husband was allowed to divorce his wife if he finds somebody else more beautiful than her. Wow. <coughs> Jesus says, no, that's not the original intent of God for marriage. Paminaw. siya. From the beginning of the creation, God created. I mean, God made them male and female. God hates divorce, number one, because He is the author of marriage relationship. He is the author of marriage relationship. God hates divorce because it destroys what He Himself started and created. Every marriage, listen to this, is divinely instituted. It is God's common grace for people to enjoy. And when His, his design is followed, naagyan ang fulfillment o kalipay sa kaninyoon. So God hates divorce because siya may na, ana. So kung imo ng siyempre masakitan ang ginoon siya ang naghiusa sa duha kanila lang diha sa kami niyon God was the one who brought these two individuals together and divorce destroys that marriage was designed by God for one man and one woman male and female, ingon si Jesus muna nga, mubarok kita ni it's not for a man and a man and a woman and a woman it's for a man and a woman that's what the bible says that's what god says and biblia sitting on it's for one man and for one woman Del it for one man and multiple women it for one woman and multiple men okay daily put one at a time and I'm Oh, this week, can I? This week. Next week, Lahina said, one na. Okay. No. Angi ay author. Number two. Jesus pointed out not only the author of marriage was God, but he pointed out that marriage is to be an intimate relationship. He says from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. So Genesis chapter 1, man shall live his mother and father and cleave to his wife. The meaning of the word cleave is to be glued. Okay? In other words, the union of a man and a woman in marriage has a greater bond than any other relationships in life. It obviously has a greater bond in our relationship to our parents. Kay nga Pag naka, biyaan nimo imong ginikanan. Leave your mother and father and cleave to your wife. In other words, what Jesus is saying, what God is teaching us from the very beginning when He instituted marriage, is that marriage relationship has a stronger bond. Has a stronger bond. Stronger than your bond with your parents, that it will require you to sever yourself from your parents and be joined and be one and unite with your wife. To be glued together like two pieces of paper. No, you cannot do that. Mo na nga magbulag. Dili gyud ka after divorce, after bulag Di ka one whole. mawala nimo. One cannot get out of marriage unaffected and unchanged. By the way, this leaving and cleaving principle sa marriage are oftentimes gina-neglect ni. Oftentimes gonna take me for granted of married people today. And I think that is one of the reasons why ma- many marriages are in trouble nowadays. Newlyweds, okay, stay with their parents, live with their parents instead of leaving their parents. They live with their parents, and as a problem, as a problem, as our problem, may labanan ang ginekano? Kinsa may labanan? Cempre ilang anak. Okay? So kung mapuyo mo sa ginika, o sila sa ginikanan sa sa lalaki, syempre pirmejdo nang sayop ang babae. Ang asawa. Kung mapuyo mo sa ginikanan sa babae, pirmi nang na problema ang bana. Labanan mo nila ng anak anang man. Kung dilipod maayo ang relationship sa haspa I amin mean sa sa parents o sa anak, kung kung ang anak babae, unya wa sila mayong relation sa yang ginikanan niya. Dito sila mupuyo, uma sila maminyo. Pero may kontrabida ang ilang anak. Labanan ginila ang ilang masamo. Okay? Cut the story short. Kung anaginta mupuyo sa balay sa itong ginikanan niya, atong ang admonition sa Biblia, nga ningon, o magminyo na ganit ka, biyay mong ginikanan, kuyo kasi mong asawa, and create your own family, you will find yourselves in trouble inevitably. Diiginan niyo mabunggan. Because you have just neglected biblical principles for marriage. And you're wondering why you're having problems in your marriage. Maskin mangganig maglaen mo, mag-apblema mo, samot nag mo maglaen. Okay, and neglect mo ang biblical admonition. Because marriage was designed by God to reflect His own image. Three in one. Also, it is designed to reflect the relationship of Christ and His bride, which is the church. Ephesians chapter 5. That's why God hates divorce, because it is to be a reflection of who he is. It is to be a reflection of his love and loyalty to his bride, the church. And as long as Christ will not divorce the church, men and women, let's not consider divorce when you have marital problems. I know that some people have experienced divorce because their partner left them. I mean, what can you do about that? I'll discuss further, um, hopefully by next week. If it is necessary. If I find it necessary to discuss that next week, we'll do that. Because in 1 Corinthians 7, yeah, there is a provision for that. But that's not to be our option. Because number three, after saying what he said, Jesus said in verse 9, Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. As pointed out, it is God who brings two unique individual individuals together in marriage. Therefore, no husband or wife, no emperor, no king, no judge, no mayor, No attorney is given any authority or right to separate what God has joined together. Did you catch that? No man has the right to separate what God has joined together. Marriage is to be a monogamous, heterosexual, permanent, one-flesh relationship. That's what marriage is. And when you understand that, it makes you hate divorce, right? And God hates divorce for many reasons. Part of the reason, akong another part of the reason is because of its effect on those who experience it. It's not nice. I've talked to people who have gone through divorce or legal separation. Di nisa tuwa. Mga, mga Pinoy dilimanta. Di manligal legal divorce pero nagbuwag. Kitang gini mo, mafeel gini mo, madungganin mo sa ila. Ang kasakit, ang kaligut-gut, ang pagdumot. It's not nice. I feel sorry for them and I pray for them. My heart goes out to them. You know, some of them have been betrayed by their partners. It's not nice. It's not a good thing. But I want to say this to balance this, okay? We're not here. Jesus is not, is not He He hates divorce, but not the divorcee. In the same way that He hates sin but not the sinner. He loves those who have been separated. He knows the pain of being separated, of being abandoned. When He was on the cross bearing your sins and my sins, He cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He understands the pain of being betrayed, the pain of being abandoned. He understands loneliness, when someone you love forsakes you. When someone you so care for turns their back on you. He knows that. When God is gracious, we make mistakes. We commit sins. And divorce is just like any other sin. When you repent from it and ask God's forgiveness, He will forgive you. And He can give you a fresh and brand new start. So this is not to look down to those who have, you know, gone through that or have experienced that. This is a message mainly for those who are coming in. If you're planning to get married. Be serious about it. Because it is serious to God. Okay, it is serious to God. Lastly, verse 10 through 12. Jesus gave them a little home talk. When they arrived at the house, His disciples asked about the same matter. And Jesus simply, with a straightforward answer, plain and simple, told His followers that divorce with no biblical grounds, as we can read in Matthew 19 and 1 Corinthians 7, is adultery, it is sin. And remember, adultery is a serious sin originally punishable by death in the Old Testament. And in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20 to verse 35, we're given wise counsel to avoid adultery and thus avoid its painful consequences. Simple as that. disciples, if a man okay, divorces his wife with no biblical grounds, he commits adultery. A woman divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. It's sin. It's not God's design for marriage. A little home talk they had with his disciples. So let him remind us as we wrap up this message: divorce is serious because marriage is sacred, marriage is divinely instituted and ideally should be should not be humanly separated. And as followers of Christ, we are to uphold God's original intent for and highly value our marriage relationships even in a society where it is viewed as unimportant. I hope we can now have a better understanding of God's hatred against divorce because we now have a better understanding of God's intent for marriage. You see, part of marriage is learning to love and accept each other, even with our faults and failures. To divorce is not our option, even when there is a so-called biblical ground for it. What about forgiveness? What about forgiveness? What about showing grace to your spouse who offended you? I mean, who is not guilty of adultery here anyway? According to Jesus' standard, Matthew chapter 5, we're all guilty of adultery. Because when a man looks at a woman with lust in his heart, he's guilty of adultery. And a woman is the same. Forgiveness is our first option when our spouse offends us. Growing together, helping each other become better persons. Faithfulness or vows to love and to cherish at all times until death separates us. You see, God's grace is available to all that enables us to pursue God's intent for our marriages. May God be glorified and honored. May His own image be clearly and accurately reflected in our marriage Relationships. Next week, we'll take a rest from Mark just to balance this issue. We'll look at some passages in Matthew and other passages of Scripture, especially in First in Corinthians, just so we can have, you know, a, a whole biblical perspective on this subject about marriage and divorce and even remarriage. Because as a ministry and even up personally. I believe that there is biblical grounds for divorce, and thus there is biblical grounds for remarriage. That's my personal stand. So i want to balance this next week. So I'm just dealing with what we have in Mark today. Okay? What we have in Mark, and by context, Jesus was calling His disciples, do not go with the flow, the culture of the day. Stand out as my disciples. Stand up! Okay? In the area of marriage, stand up. Do not go with the flow. Die to yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow me. That was the intent of Mark for his readers.